0: I'll share with each with all of you um, something that one of my uh, work group people said to me when, you know, he was being very encouraging. And he said, imagine that you're the lion and everyone else is a gazelle. And honest to goodness, I stood there and I took a really deep breath and I was like, I'm a lion. <laughs> and then the other thing that really paid off is, um, For those of you that have seen Ted Lasso, um, when uh, Rebecca gets all her power and she stands up really straight and tall and she throws her hands in the air and she does this giant roar. So I had two things in my mind that were talking about roaring. So when I started speaking, that was what was going through my mind. (laughs) That wasn't going through my mind when I finished speaking.
1: I love it. And that is great advice. And now we all know to just just come in bold, like a lion, right?
0: Like a lion. Yep.
1: I love it. I love it. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the PTA Plus podcast. I'm Katie Sutton, your host. Albeit different than our typical show, we do have an interesting show for you tonight. They say all the best things come in threes. Neapolitan Ice Cream, Three Musketeers, Brenda Dorman, Jeannie Thompson, and David Harris. These are the first three PTAs that had a vote in the APTA's House of Delegates in 2022 and in 2023. Join us today as we talk to them about how we got here, what it was like for them to make those votes on behalf of all PTAs, and what this looks like for PTAs moving forward in the future. Thank you for listening and enjoy the show. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the PTA Plus podcast. I'm Katie Sutton, your host. Um, Today, we have the trifecta of PTAs, or the Triple Crown. We'll go with that, right? So, we have Brenda Dorman, Jeannie Thompson, and David Harris with us here today, and we are talking about six things that every PTA needs to know about House of Delegates. So, I'm super excited for this conversation. Um, It's a little bit different. We don't normally have this many people on the show, but we're going to Give it a whirl and see what see what we can come up with here tonight six things right we can get through it absolutely <laughs> totally we've got yeah. this all right awesome so i'm gonna go ahead and just go around the room and let you all introduce yourself so if you can let our guests know um who you are what you do and your association with the pta council now used to be caucus so we'll go ahead and start with Jeannie. Oh, hey. Uh, yeah. So I'm Jeannie Thompson, PTA, of course. Um,
0: and so my clinical background is in orthopedics. I spent 17 years as an instructor in a PTA program. And currently I am retired um, from the working world, but uh, uh, thoroughly enjoy my role as the PTA, one of the PTA council delegates.
1: That's awesome. And e- even though you're retired, you are very much so still a PTA that's very active. So we're excited to have you. Thanks, Jeannie. Brenda, you're next.
2: Hi, um, I'm Brenda Dorman and I've been a PTA for probably about 22 years. I live in the great state of Florida. And so my clinical background is I've um, been an outpatient neuro for pretty much most of my career and I absolutely love that population. About a year ago, I transitioned into an educator role um, for our large hospital organization within the Orlando area. I'm super excited about the transition. Miss patient care, but still excited to be in the continuing in the physical therapy realm world. Um, I've been active within our association within Florida FPTA for probably about a good 10 to 12 years. And then um, involved in the delegate is, is a rep, the old caucus, the new council. Um, for the last nine years, nine to 10 years. So um, like Jeannie, I'm currently a PTA Council Delegate, i.e. Steering Group, because we've transitioned. So
1: nice to be here. Yes, great, thank you. And you have this um, big personality. Um, anybody that's ever met Brenda, you're just warmly welcomed immediately from the beginning. So thanks for coming, David. You're up, our fearless leader, David Harris.
3: All right, so fearless leader for uh, about six more weeks. We'll just put it that way. Wow. So, Katie, thank you for having uh, having me on. I I I think a lot of the other uh, two that have already introduced themselves, but I'm David Harris. Uh, I'm approaching uh, my 25th year in the in the profession have been around a little while and uh, really have served in a, a number of roles uh, professionally in, in my career and, and currently uh, just started as a chief operating officer for a physical therapy company uh actually this week so busy week and a lot of fun there excited to uh to really go on this new adventure and and, and really just contribute to another professional team as far as the uh, APTA and the and the PTA council caucus um i became relatively active uh, really beginning about 2006 and uh stayed on the district level for a short time and then and then jumped into the uh APTA PTA caucus and served as the same as the the other folks here right served as a rep and then a uh a delegate and, and then a chief delegate the last two terms so uh right now i serve as the as the pta council chair as well as the uh pta uh chief delegate uh and and it's been an honor and a privilege to not only serve but just see the progress that you know that ptas in general have made over the last 15 16 years within the profession and uh, the association
1: yeah it's been um, a really incredible journey for ptas um, like you said especially in the last um, the more recent you know four or five six years you know like just a lot of things that are happening and changing um, but it's been really fun to be able to work um, under your leadership david but you you had some hard um, years to lead you you led through covid and you did a great job so Um, We really appreciate that you were able to kind of keep us all like focused and and settled.
3: (laughs) Thank you. Well, it's a team effort. So fortunately, I was surrounded by great leaders. So that that kind of helps.
1: That is true. That is absolutely true. Um, So, David, we're just going to jump right in and I'm going to start with our first question for you. And um, so PTAs, we've had a vote in the House of Delegates. Um, for the last two years, can you give us a little bit of background of how we got here? Because it didn't happen overnight, did it?
3: <laughs> no, not at all. Not at all. You know, I I, I would just say, I would just start the, the conversation with relationships. Uh, really, this started back, uh, you know, we talk about the last three or four years, and, and that's where you truly saw, hey, this is where the change happens. But really, this started Ten years ago and, and, and really a little bit before that, but it started about around 2015 when the vote really became. Re, um, people became receptive to the vote on uh, the district level, chapter level, things of that nature. And so that's kind of where it started. Uh, and then it really began a uh, really kind of fast forwarding to the, the bylaws changes back in you know a couple of years ago where uh, you know the special committee on bylaws added this as a part of their change in bylaws and that was not only to uh, be much more inclusive of the pta as a part of the association uh, and profession but also to allow rights uh, to be you know equivalent to our our, our pta colleague or pt colleagues so uh, that's where it started came from the bylaws change uh, it was voted in. And, you know, now we're a couple of years in. I've had some a lot of really good, robust conversations about uh, voting and, and where it's where it needs to go. And now the last two years we've been able to actually do that. So and and I've been fortunate enough to one year service uh, alongside Brenda as a voting delegate uh, and then Jeannie this uh, last year as a voting delegate. So it, it kind of came from the bylaws changes and. Uh, Really um, not and, and look the voting is an important part of it but I think being a one-to one equal member in my mind in my you know in my mind personally that's so much more mm-hmm. uh, because it it takes away the the kind of the roadblocks or the obstacles for anyone to say hey I'm not an included member I'm not this I'm not that mm-hmm. no no you're you're equal you are exactly what uh, anyone else would be in this association so let's stand up and and actually help the profession move forward
1: absolutely i remember um way back when when i graduated from pta school that was kind of the word on the street was well if i don't have a vote whether that was at your chapter level or anything really well then why why would i be involved and i have to tell you that it's just changed so much in the last 10 15 years Brenda, why do you think that is? Why do you think that we've seen all of these shifts happening and and these changes? Why do you think that that is? I think there's there's two reasons.
2: I, I truly believe that the PTAs have realized that they are a valued part of the PT team, and so there's a real emphasis on collaboration, on breaking down silos. I think the leaders in the last 10 years or 15 years within the association look at that. It, it, the PTAs aren't part of the association to be self-serving, right? It's not about the PTA. It's about the PTPTA team. It's about the profession of physical therapy and at the end of the day, the patient. And so I feel like our leaders, you know, have kind of, um, Show, led by example, you know, demonstrated that in their interactions at that higher level and then really kind of made the rest of us a little bit more aware that it's not just about us as PTAs and what do we need and what do we want, you know, it's about our profession, it's about our our PT, PTA team, it's about our patients and moving forward in that. And I also believe that there's a level of passion that has also been evolving over the last 10 to 15 years. Um, I wasn't around, you know, back when there was an assembly and there was all this um, as perceived negative type of things that happened in PTA within the House of Delegates. I wasn't there for that. So I'm a half full kind of gal. So when I came involved, I just was going to look at the positive and I wasn't going to spend time wallowing in all the things that had been changed but look at the opportunities that we could have as we continue to progress and grow because you know we don't always get what we want but that's okay but we're still valued we're still part of the association we're still part of the profession and instead of looking in the past let's look to the future to see what we can do and where we can go. So I think that's if if I had to describe it, I think that's kind of what it is. I just think there's like a little buzz. There's a little energy. You know, we're we're involved in things that just aren't PTA related. You know, there's Pivotal things that came within the house, you know, like the code of ethics and our core values. You know, it wasn't just about our core values; it was about the profession. Everybody, all of us, not just PTs or PTAs. So, I just feel that there's just been a, a good wave of that moving. And then, obviously, these last few years in the in the love that the PTs have given us as PTAs, that we are valued, we're wanted, and we want to be part of the association. So,
1: yeah, I love it. Um, I think that the first moment that I had um that that feeling of that energy and that buzz was at my very first CSM. Yeah. And I remember when I went to register, they were like, Oh, you know, there's some other PTAs here, you should go and, and find them and and network. And I was like, Well, this is my first time here. I have no idea what I'm doing, first of all. But I remember um finding some of you at the town hall and just and just watching you guys. Um um our leadership at that time and I was just so incredibly impressed that there was this whole group of PTAs that were just out there advocating for the profession and and us as PTAs and um it just kind of gave you that that sensation of I am I belong here I am in a community of people yeah, who, yeah.
2: And that, that 50th year celebration of the PTA, when you talk about buzz and energy, right, that just kind of ignited. And then it just kind of seemed to, it got, it like lit the momentum that just kind of rolled into just all these wonderful years of just um, collaboration, inclusivity, value, and all the things that we as PTAs, I feel, have been feeling over the last few years. So,
1: Yes, of course. Speaking of energy, <laughs> Jeannie You had this just mic drop moment in House of Delegates 2023 (laughs) this year. I, my eyes were not dry. Um, I don't know that you know how impactful the words that you said were to everybody else and not just PTAs. Um, You know, you really made an impact on everybody that was in the house. So can you tell us a little bit about your journey as to how you got from um, PTA to, where you are voting um, last or this this year at House of Delegates. Um, tell us a little bit about that journey and um, how did you keep yourself composed? <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, That's a lot of people to talk in front of. <laughs> it it was. And tonight's conversation, actually, um, I feel like I want to back up to the very beginning. And I'm not going to really draw this out, but I feel like um, I, th- I think it's important to understand that I've been a PTA long enough that I am part of that group of people who said, mm, hands off, um, I can't vote, you don't want to give me these rights, and I stopped being a member. So I'm that person that that was just described in our conversation. Um, my reintroduction to the APTA came because I worked with somebody who was very involved and she kept really giving me that gentle push Um, and and then she gave me the big push which was she told the the Oregon non-com you need to call her and get her to do something (laughs) and so it was kind of that big push my my work and my journey in um, the caucus at the time was the caucus like so many other PTAs when they joined the caucus was um, kind of deer in the headlights at first, right? Like, I didn't really know what was going on. But I was super lucky. And I think the thing that's so wonderful about the PTA community, the PTA family in the caucus and now the council, is how much we look out for each other. And so those first few years when I went to the House of Delegates, there was always somebody there who could answer a question or point me in the right direction or say, hey, we're going to dinner, join us, you know, all of those sorts of things. My my transition into PTA leadership in the caucus, again, was because somebody gave me that nudge. Somebody gave me that gentle push. And that was Jody Pfeiffer. And she started really gently. We were having regional meetings. And she was like, what's your thoughts? What's your thoughts? Till I became so comfortable having those conversations that the day that she came to me and she said, hey, you know, you should run for this leadership position. And of course, she turned that around and said, you've been telling me all your ideas and all your things for all this time. So that was my transition into leadership And then when David offered me the opportunity to be one of the two voting delegates this year, um, of course, I was thrilled um, and said yes. And uh, um, I'm pausing, Katie, because I'm thinking about, you know, the root of your question, which was how did I feel in that moment? it was pretty surreal. It, it truly was pretty surreal. Um, I had um, I was actually part of the work group that created RC 2523 and so there were a lot of the people in that group that were encouraging me and of course everybody in the council was encouraging me. I don't think I've ever felt so much love on a professional level ever in my entire uh, 20 plus years. Um, And the moment that they said PTA Council 2, I remember I just took this really deep breath and stood up, and I was like, I got this, right? But the problem was, was when I got up there and started talking, I started out and I felt really composed. And the longer I talked, the worse it felt. (laughs) (laughs) I got more nervous (laughs) as the time passed. But... um, I'll share with each with all of you um, something that one of my uh, work group people said to me when, you know, he was being very encouraging. And he said, imagine that you're the lion and everyone else is a gazelle. And honest to goodness, I stood there and I took a really deep breath and I was like, I'm a lion. <laughs> and then the other thing that really paid off is um For those of you that have seen Ted Lasso, um, when uh, Rebecca gets all her power and she stands up really straight and tall and she throws her hands in the air and she does this giant roar. So I had two things in my mind that were talking about roaring. So when I started speaking, that was what was going through my mind. (laughs) That wasn't going through my mind when I finished speaking,
1: speaking. I love it. And that is great advice. And now we all know to just just come in bold like a lion, right?
0: Like a lion. Yep.
1: I love it. I love it. And there are so many um, moments. And I I think we could all probably say this to be true, that we were pushed. You know, there's uh, there's always somebody behind us that's like, hey, try this. Hey, you'd be good at this. Hey, give it a whirl yeah and um i have said on the show a couple of times like it's really important you just hit the start button right some you gotta start somewhere you gotta hit the start button somewhere, and it might be kind of ugly at first, and it might be kind of bumpy and um I can tell you right now I'm only nine ten ten episodes in, and I have hit a lot of road bumps, but I hit the start button and it's it's just something that you gotta go with whenever you're you're um asked to to try something new and 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 step into something that's a little bit different maybe doesn't feel so good at first. So I am really glad that whoever was behind you, pushing you um, continued and that you just took those steps forward because you're an amazing leader. So we do appreciate that. Thank
0: you so much. Thank you.
1: David, you're next. I got a question for you.
3: I'm ready. Let's roll. All right.
1: Okay. So what kind of things go through your mind or what kind of things do you consider when you're voting on behalf of all the PTAs? In the United States of America,
3: it's <laughs> a big question. Big question. Yeah, I think it really, for me, it's 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 what we've practiced for so many years, and that is and that is listening to what the the, the people say and, and the the folks that we're representing say. So it it you know it starts on the on the chapter level when you're when you're working with your PTA, you know, colleagues. Uh, within your state association, but it's also listening to what, you know, what your PT colleagues are saying uh, within your state association. And and I think that's the first thing to remember as a a representative to start with, right? As as a rep, you need to bring to the, you know, the PTA council or in, in this case, the delegates now, the PTA delegates, You need to bring what what is it in the state of Tennessee, in my case, or Florida for Brenda or Oregon for G. What is it that's being said and and, uh, really represented out of the state? So a lot of it is listening. And and something that we started a number of years, a number of years ago is listening year round, not just showing up. You know, two months or a month before the House of Delegates and trying to figure out what the heck's going on. It's listening year round and trying to understand what's going on. And I think we have done so much as a group within the association to to not only spearhead that, but also to lead that charge of, you know, that year round governance, which, you know, we we started hearing about a number of years ago. So for me, it it, it starts with listening uh, and it, it really goes to then uh, consulting with the, the group of leaders, which would con- really consist of all the reps. And then it would go into a smaller group of consisting of all of the delegates. And, uh, you know, we we've had many, many conversations, uh, you know, as a as a group, a leadership group. We usually have a you know hour and a half, two hour call on a monthly basis on top of our uh, what we call regional calls. And the goal there, and it's always kind of been the goal. I I know it's been the goal the last several years of we're not looking for everyone to just jump in, smile and, you know, just agree. Uh, We're looking for that opposition. We're looking for that thing that's going to spark thought, uh, you know, spark consideration to give us the right answer. And, And then, you know, the other side of it is, you know, when we think about. The voting side of it, there are two votes here. Yes, you you know, two votes represent the entire United States of America. As you said earlier, uh, those physical therapist assistants and I, and I think you have I think it's just around ninety four thousand physical therapist assistants in the United States right now. I believe that's right. If it's not, you can strike that comment, but I think it's right.
1: We won't Uh, fact check you.
3: You can can fact check me. I think that's a thing now.
1: Uh, Not on this show, I don't. Not for those kind of numbers. The
3: the idea is that you try to do the best that you can to really take away any of your own um, bias, and listen to the people that you're representing. And, you know, that is a conversation that Brenda and I had last year when we were voting. Jeannie and I had this year when we were voting and, 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 and my own way, uh, which is very non-intrusive. And so I try to not to tell people how to go about things, but really try to um, give them the why behind it. And so that's, that's kind of where we start. And, and, I really believe, as as a group, we have been a an example uh, as a whole uh, to to not only those that follow, but an example to the the, the profession as a whole of, of how you know you should con- not only conduct yourselves, but how you should lead into the future. So a little longer than you probably asked for, but that's that's kind of what I think of when. You know when considering uh making a vote
1: yeah i've um i found it very um fulfilling to sit in on the ohio delegation meetings and you just hear everybody's ideas and thoughts and how broad it is and a lot of times <clears throat> i'll come in with a mindset about a certain motion and just kind of already have my ideas and thoughts on this and then completely change my mind by the end of the meeting, because somebody else has brought up points that I didn't think of. And I think that that's the value of having that diverse group of minds and people and backgrounds come in um, that really kind of help us settle on what is best for the profession, what is best for our patients, because it goes way beyond me and my thought process. um, And it it really expands your your way of thinking. So I found that very enriching for myself as a PTA. And I'm really appreciative of that.
3: I agree. I, you know, I'm going to point out something you just said, and that that would be um, thinking about other opinions. Essentially, you didn't say these words, but you're you're thinking about other things outside of your own beliefs or your own bias and, and, and really trying to open your mind up a little bit. I believe that's where the profession has pushed us. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, and 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 it is we do have to kind of listen to it and, and, and come around to it. So anyway. Okay. Thank you.
1: Yeah, definitely. It's good to, to check yourself. Um, I always tell my students if I don't if I don't really understand what I value, then how in the world am I going to understand what everybody else values? So it's really important that we get out and kind of um, hear everybody else's ideas and thoughts and everything. So great. Brenda, you're up next. OK, 2022, 2023, I would even say 2021 <laughs> was very historical for PTAs in the the council, caucus then, council now. Um, So what was it like, what did it feel like to be part of that APTA history? And why is that important for future PTAs to understand that history?
2: it was pretty it was a pretty wild big wow factor i mean it was pretty it was pretty scary i mean i remember um taking the whole voting process to be very serious you know to to, to david's comment like You know, like, is this what everybody wants? Like, is this my bias? You know, just feeling very anxious to know that I was was representing my profession and and my constituents, the PTAs in the right way. So in that regard, it was exciting, you know, again. Um, But also I felt that, you know, what it meant to me was I felt like I, I had been lifted up by all the people behind me, right? So I felt like it wasn't just me voting, it was all the people that had been working so hard, right? Um, Mentors of mine, you know, Sean Bagby and and Amy Mm -hmm. Smith and all the people and the delegates that have been there before me and Jody Pfeiffer and all the people that had inspired me along the way. And then to be that first person or that first PTA along with David to push that button, it just, it, it was an honor. But I felt like it wasn't just about me. It was about everybody else that had gotten us to that position and to where we are. And I think the importance of it as we move forward is, is, you know, I always make this comment all the time. Everybody always says you can't say this, but I feel like there are crusty PTAs out there, right? There are people that have just stepped away from the profession because they felt like, well, I'm not valued or they don't care. Or, they kicked us out of the assembly or they did this and they're just looking at that half empty side of the glass. And we have to you know we have to use these these wins, so to speak, and really highlight them to let people know there is a change. there is a there is a buzz in the air, there is a love mm-hmm. of the pTAs in the profession, and that we have to bring those people back into. You know the association and it's you know membership value whatever you want to call it but we're a community and we're better together and the more voices the more representation the more opinions the more ptas that are that are participating in that in that process the better we're going to be right because again you know to david's point who i'm not Mm -hmm. going to fact check you know there's a very small percentage of us that are members of the association as opposed to what's out there practicing and if we Mm -hmm. can't use these really um you know, monumental, pivotal, right, um, mm-hmm. events to kind of inspire people to come back. You know, I I told this to Jeannie, and I, well, when she had that drop the mic moment, right, and, and it was fortunate enough that somebody had recorded it, I sent that to like five or six different people. There were some PTAs in Florida that were getting crusty. They were getting, disc- they were just getting angry, and they were just going down that road of bitterness, and I sent them this, and I said, look, this is what the association this is what mm-hmm. your leaders are doing and listen to this video and then you know everyone came back oh my gosh that was awesome it was great right so i think we have to use these wins to just use it not as marketing but just to let people know you know that the association isn't all bad Right. They love us and value us, but we're truly going to be better together. And if we don't get those those crusty PTAs back in here and to and to be a real representative body of of the large profession that we are, you know, that's going to be a disservice for us as a profession to make changes. Right. To make changes like Mm what are we going to look like in our practice and our patient care in 10, 20 years? Well, we need everyone involved in that process of change and have an opinion and a voice in that. So, um, that's a long, it's a long answer to a very short question, but, um, that's my thoughts
1: on that. It's a completely fine answer. It's totally fine. Um, but something that you said about membership and, and it kind of resonated with me because our, um, our executive director in Ohio, shout out to her, um, Victoria, she's, she's an amazing leader in Ohio. Um, but she always tells us that membership is personal. So it it has to be that personal value that you, that you get out of it. And I think that what, what you brought um, with your, your reply, Brenda, is that it, it's very personal to everybody. So, um, and, and I think now our opportunities have broadened so much that there really is something in here for everybody. If you just want to be a member simply yeah. to get the publications and discounts, like by all means, go right. for it. Like that, that is, absolutely right. here for you. Right. If you want to be a member because you want to propel yourself into new territories as a PT or a PTA, then we've got that for you too. Right. You know, So I think that there's so many more things now that make it more personal to you um, as far as um, the association goes. And so,
2: and this was said to me early on, and I, and I have I made this comment a lot about Dr. Clayton, who was um, my program director at the time. And she had said, it's your professional responsibility to be a member of your association. And, and at first I didn't understand what that meant. I was a single mom. I didn't have time. I didn't have money. I didn't see the value of it. You know, just to me at the time, it was like, I don't have as much money to throw into it. They didn't have the graduated membership dues from a student to whatever. Right. But that resonated in my head because if you love your profession, if you love your patient, if you love your career, Mm -hmm. It's your professional responsibility to be a member of the association. And to your point, that's like, that should be an ingrained value. Right. And so I get, I get really, I get, I don't understand when people are like putting it into like, well, what's in it for me? And I'm like, well, I, I, isn't it a value that you love what you've done? You've committed this time. This is your career. These are your patients. Don't you owe it? Isn't that a value that you have that you would just be a part of your association? I, I, I struggle with that, but I do understand. You know the money aspect. I do understand. Like you said, you know, not everybody drinks the Kool Aid and does all these crazy volunteer and servant events. That's fine. With seasons of Life. You do. You know, you do when you can. That's fine. And if it's all it is is paying your membership, that's fine too. But, again, it's your professional responsibility, I feel, and I feel like Dr. Clayton's values just were instilled with me, and I carry them, and I try to pass that along to other students and other people that I meet. So,
1: Yeah, not everybody gets um, energized by um, multiple meetings in, in one week at 7, 8, <laughs> 9 p.m., but, but there's a few of us crazy people who do. So. Right, yeah. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Yeah, and so th- those of us who do get energized by that, we're we're here for the party. So, okay. <laughs> all right, Jeannie, next questions for you. What kind of advice would you give to new PTAs that are entering into the field right now, and um, what can we do um, better to prepare them for these roles? Because the reality is, is us four, we're not going to be involved in this stuff forever. Well, maybe. I don't know if we're the only ones to keep showing up to the, the <laughs> 8 p.m. meetings at night. We might be. But um, we're probably not going to do this forever. So what can we do to prepare new fresh PTAs? You know, that is a, a really challenging
0: question. What I really appreciate. Well, I take a little sidestep here, Katie. What I really appreciate about all of the questions that you've asked tonight is that they really do uh, hinge on the previous questions. So as. Uh, Brenda and David have been answering their questions. I'm like, I was going to say that. I was going to say that. <laughs> you can say it too. <laughs> That's right. You're good. Um, but but I think that, that it's a common theme, right? Like, how do we do this? We can tell our stories about how we got involved and there are components to each of our stories that are similar. Um, That little gentle push that you got from somebody or the big kick in the backside that you got when you needed it, you know. I think that's a common theme and we heard that um, more recently in the responses we got during networking night uh, when we asked the question, how did you come to be a part of the council? Um, So I think that's a commonality. So looking forward I would say to current PTAs, um, part of the responsibility is on those of us who are already here, right? Are we paying attention to the new people in our profession? Are we paying attention to our peers who maybe once were members and now they are not? And so in paying attention, can what can we do, those of us who are already here, what can all of us do to increase engagement in uh, the PTA council? When I think about those new PTAs, because I hear that in your question as well. So PTAs who maybe are uh, either they're currently students or maybe they're new professionals, I think that gets a little more challenging um, simply because Um, My experience with students is that what they are experiencing in their program now is really different than what I experienced. And so I have to change my message. Right. I can't talk with them in the way that I talked with students 10 years ago. I have to change how I talk with students nowadays. Um, They have different stressors that are happening while they're in the program. Um, They have different social media use that didn't exist back in the day. Um, And those Mm -hmm. are all things that are going to affect their choices about membership. Um, You and Brenda both touched on membership being a personal thing. And so I think that means we also have to um, try and tap into the person first And then what do they value? You know, 20 years ago when I was talking to students, we could just talk about member value and everybody got it. And, you know, we all had similar values. And so it was a little bit easier then. But if we're going to acknowledge that membership is personal, that I want something different than what the person next to me might want, then we have to figure out how to tap into the person and not the value first. Um, that being said, I think that, and I'm I'm working on this in Oregon. Um, we only have a couple of PTA schools, and so I get to practice on a really small scale. <laughs> um, come but. to Florida; you can practice here in Florida. There's a
2: lot of schools in Florida. Come practice on. Take your dog and show pony on this road. Bring, come go. on down. There, you go. there you go. You're just tired. You have nothing else to do. Come on down. <laughs>
0: i might actually take you up on that um open invitation (laughs) yeah, yeah okay yeah right um so i think it's about um recognizing what those different types of values are showing all of those things to students so that they're not hearing just one thing you know i value the governance component i value what our bylaws say i value that process but if i'm standing in front of a room of students who've only been in the program for a month which is literally what happens here. You know, they're like, yeah, whatever. I'm trying to figure out how to get somebody on crutches. You know? Yeah. yeah.
1: So, we're still trying to find the library on campus, right?
0: right? Yeah. So, it's about understanding that whole list of things that people might value and then being prepared to have a conversation about any one of those things. And the last thing that I want to say about approaching students is that uh, my experience has been that if you've got faculty who's really engaged, meaning just in membership, I don't mean they have to be in leadership, but if you've got faculty who are APTA members and they see value in APTA, that conversation is a lot easier than talking with students in a program where their faculty are not members. And so I see that now as another part of engaging those students means I have to engage that faculty. Right. I have to be present and talking to them about the values of membership. So it's really multifaceted. And the the more I talk with students, you know, I mean, I was in front of them during in classroom time for a very long time. And I don't do that now. So I have to take advantage of these really small opportunities and I have to be careful not to just gush all over them about the wonders of (laughs) APTA.
1: I think we probably um, all run into that same problem.
0: Right. Right. So. So, again, uh, again, I think that it takes a really concerted effort um, and it's about recognizing um, what we can all do to help people be become members. Um, and then after they their member, you know, tap into our do, do they have that interest in leadership? So, um, yeah, I, now I feel like I'm talking in a circle, so I'll stop. (laughs)
1: I would
3: love to add a comment to that, Jeannie, and I think that, it it goes off what you just said. It's, uh, you know, APTA is absolutely nothing without membership, and that's Mm -hmm. enough to become involved. You know, if you want to change, if, if you like what's going on, great. Be a member for that reason. If you're not excited about what's going on, well, here's your opportunity. I mean, that that's really the only way you, you make change and, and, you know, you can choose to not be involved, but being involved will really help you um, yeah. to either make change or create change.
2: Yeah, we have so, a voice. Now. Uh, we have a voice. Like, right. you can't say that you right. don't have a voice now. And that used to be the big thing back in the day. Well, don't care that I don't have a voice, nobody matters. And like, you can't, you can't use that argument anymore. Like, yeah. you do have a voice and you're being yeah. represented. And get involved and get engaged and make the changes if you're not happy with what you see.
1: Yeah, go right ahead, Jeannie. Well
0: I I, I, I wanna give you an example because it just fits so perfectly what we're talking about. So um as I say, we only have two PTA programs here in the state. So I have I have an opportunity to speak to each of those groups, but I speak to first year students within the first month. So, like, again, where's the library? That's um, <laughs> it truly is. So yeah. I was invited to one of the programs and my part of their classroom time that day was to talk about APTA and talk about uh, a, um, an opportunity that Oregon gives to students to participate in House of Delegates. So the instructor invited me to be there for the first hour of her class, which is when she did her instruction about APTA, which was super helpful because then I knew what they'd already heard. I knew what I could tap into. The unfortunate thing was that she made some kind of slanty kind of comments in a negative way about APTA. And The interesting thing was there were a couple of students who were all and they were like, I don't want to join because look at how they treat PTAs and blah, blah. So when I got up, here was the great part was I got up and I said, you just said you don't like that about what APTA is doing. When you become a member, you get to have a say, you get to make those changes. I think that's what Brenda was just saying. Right. And and even what Dave, David's point, if you like what APTA is doing, join. If you don't like it, join, right? Oh, I mean, it's never going to be the thing unless you're there talking about the things that are important to you. So my
1: attitude mm-hmm. is join. <laughs> <laughs> One way or the other. <laughs> what I think is really interesting about this conversation is that um, <clears throat> we have all come from a point where we remember where maybe PTAs had a different stance and uh, maybe we didn't have quite as many of the, the rights per se um, when we all kind of came into the profession, but very soon there's going to be a whole generation of PTAs that don't know that. Like th- that's not going to be a thing to them because of all of the work that was done before um, all of the, the Chris Jenkins out there that were, was doing all of this work. So if you, if you have questions, go back to episode number one. <laughs> Um, you know, about the assembly and everything. But um these new fresh PTAs are not going to know an association where they don't have a voice and where they don't have the opportunity because of all of the work that's already been done. So to me, that's just kind of wild mm-hmm. to, to think about and conceptualize, conceptualize that they're going to come into a profession that's just open arms, ready for them. So, hey, come on in, doors open. Exactly. Yeah, so the party's
0: mm-hmm. at. But I think, <laughs> so, yeah, and but I think, I think too, Katie, that it's important that we're not only educating um, PTAs about what's changed, but also PTs. Like my experience with mm-hmm. this faculty person, they were unaware of the changes that had been happening in the House of mm-hmm. Delegates. So, um, you know, we have an opportunity to educate across the profession. You know, not just what's not just sending the message to PTAs, but sending the message to everyone in the profession.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think um, I think it's going to be more important for us to to show um, there has to be we have to be able to answer the reason why it's not just good enough. Like I know, Brenda, you're like, hey, this is part of our duty. Right. Um, But I think that students coming into the profession now, that might not be enough. We have to like really show it to them. So Jeannie, I love that you said that you guys can invite a PTA student to come to House of Delegates. Did I understand that correctly? Yes, yeah,
2: Yeah. Yeah. we have the same thing in Florida. Yeah, yeah. we have a scholarship that they created after uh, Steve Levin had passed away and it's Mm -hmm. for a PT and a PTA and actually they don't have a limit, right? So they look, they're looking at, you know, they're two to four, I think is what they've taken. But some years they've not had any, which is like breaks my heart when they don't have a PTA that goes. Um, But, yeah, I think it's really important because they have to see that their voice Mm -hmm. is making the impact. They are being represented. And then just to see what the association is doing for them Mm -hmm. in that House of Delegates. So um, I think it's awesome. I think every state should have that opportunity to allow students to to get a glimpse of what that looks like, to maybe Mm -hmm. get the bug planted in them to be more active,
1: get their hands on it yeah definitely okay hey that was six things that every pta needs to <laughs> know about house of delegates <laughs> see we did it we, david didn't, can, didn't we did it yes david can you <laughs> let everybody listening know how they can get a hold of their rep how they can find out more about house of delegates and what all of these awesome ptas are doing um to help shape their future for them
3: absolutely so uh you know if, if you're a member uh, you have access to the uh, APTA website, and I think it's very easy. You go to the APTA count, PTA Council page. You can find uh, your rep, their contact information, everything that you want to know there. If, if you can't find that, if you struggle with that, you can, you can uh, email APTA, and they can help you with that on a national level. But really, I, I would suggest going uh, in a simpler manner. I would I would strongly suggest going to your state chapter, uh, starting there, working, uh, maybe going to a district meeting uh, that's even more local, Uh, just sitting in. If you don't know anything about the APTA or if you don't uh, like it or if you do like it or if you just simply don't know, go to a district meeting and start there. Uh, Begin to understand and listen to what's going on around you and then, you know, Contact your, your chapter, go to a state meeting, uh, you know, kind of get an understanding behind why not only people do this, but but really get an understanding on why it's important for your profession. Uh, it's important for those that follow you. Uh, it's important for your paycheck. You know, all of those different things come into to, to effect, but you can either go to the district, you can go to the chapter level, you can go to the national level there are so many people out there that are more than willing to help you and to give you their feedback their opinions but uh, out of everything i would say is don't don't use not uh, don't use an excuse to not become active Mm -hmm. don't use a i'm not included i'm not involved i'm not a part of or i'm not important as a as an excuse in reality to not get involved because that not only hurts you, it hurts the profession that you chose as a, a, a PTA or a PT to become involved in, uh, ultimately uh, membership is about the member and if the member's involved and engaged and excited about what they're doing, guess what, we're going to make progress. If the member is disengaged, negative and not involved, we're not going to make progress. It, it is really that simple. So. Uh Katie, thank you for having us. I uh, really appreciate uh, you doing this. And uh, yeah, it's been fun.
1: Yes, absolutely. There you have the, the trifecta of PTA leadership, right? The Triple Crown. <laughs> 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 I loved every minute of it. Thank you so much, everybody, for joining us tonight. Um, and now we, have, we all have a little bit of House of Delegates knowledge, some nuggets to take with us so that we will be more knowledgeable in the future when it comes to House of Delegates. And if anybody has any questions, I'll definitely make sure that everybody's contact information is in the show notes so that you can reach out to one of us and um, we can definitely get you in contact with your rep as well. So all right, everybody, thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks, Katie. The PTA Plus Podcast is hosted and produced by Katie Sutton in collaboration with PT Podcast host and CEO, Jimmy McKay. Thank you for listening to another episode of the PTA Plus Podcast, where the conversation is for PTAs by PTAs. This show is for educational purposes only and not intended for clinical decision-making. While care is taken to ensure accuracy, factual errors can be present. Become part of the PTA Plus Podcast family by liking, sharing, and subscribing on iTunes, Spotify, and anywhere you can listen to podcasts.